a very warm welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast with your host, Paul Lowe. Paul offers wisdom, insights and tips for living a healthy, meaningful, purposeful life. On the back of overcoming extreme adversity, Paul has a proven track record of achieving life-enhancing results. He offers empowering advice and guidance to help people develop a mindset for success so that they can live with more happiness and prosperity. Through his Mastering the Game of Life podcast and books, Paul also helps people to get their own inspirational messages and powerful stories out into the world, as well as being involved in supporting many charitable organisations in their development, fundraising and projects. Hello listeners and welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. Today I'm joined by a lady from California and the United States of America, a lady by the name of Amy Moscow. Amy, a very warm welcome to you. Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. And what we uh, what we spoke a little bit uh, off air about, Amy, was the um, the topic of seven layers of beliefs and mindsets that influence our lives. Why, why do you think this is such an important focus for us to have? Well, I think these things are very uh, important to explore because whenever we explore these particular seven layers, um, we basically have all the information we need to understand whatever lesson is being presented. Um, a lot of times lessons come up in the form of discomfort so if we can get under that discomfort and really understand what elements we need to reconcile within ourselves, we can bring ourselves out of the discomfort. Mm, okay. So in terms of the, uh, the seven layers, Amy, what are they? Well, the first one is fear and facing our fears and understanding what the fear is that we're feeling. The second one is anger. Um, and that is really rooted in fear. Whenever you experience anger, you're actually responding to a fear or, or you're feeling that a need isn't being met. The third is dis uh, disappointment and disempowerment kind of woven together. The fourth is hopelessness. Um, the fifth is inner strength. How do we get out of this? What skills and innate abilities do we tap into to, to get out of this? The sixth is creativity, and the seventh is activation or application. Just going back to the fear uh, question, Amy, that's absolutely massive in, in all our lives, and it, and it never kind of goes away. It's you know I, I liken it to a sort of uh, an insidious little cow that hides behind the corner, ready to strike. And if we're not vigilant, it can just it can very very easily just take over us, can't it? Absolutely. I think uh, most of us don't even realize how fear presides over our thoughts and emotions right now. It just slips in when we least expect it. So we do have to be vigilant in um, neutralizing fear. And that can be difficult. Um, but the remedy to that is really awareness. It's just um, when you recognize that even a, a, an element of fear is motivating you, then you go to your tools and you know, the, the, neutralize, the neutralizing force for fear is love. Mm. So 
is it okay for us to just have a, a smattering of fear in our lives? I mean, there's there's a there's a train of thought, Amy, that says you know a little stress in our lives a good thing because it keeps us on our toes. Is I mean, am I being too simplistic to say that a little fear in our life is not a bad thing, or should we be looking? I mean, you know, what's the practicalities of this? I know I've got my own thoughts on this, but as a kind of uh, you know a steer, a guide. Should we be looking to eradicate fear completely? Or as I say, is it okay just to have a little bit just to keep us on our toes? That's a really good question. Um, well, what I believe is that fear, everything serves a purpose to include fear. Um, there are a lot of times we can't see things until we have the experience of fear to bring it up for us. So I don't think eradicating fear completely from your world is, first of all, possible. Um, as a human being. But second of all, I think if you completely eradicate fear, you're taking away an important function that helps you get to the heart of a lesson. So, so yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of black and white to say, is fear good or bad? Well, it's neither. It's really just, uh, it's an essential mechanism to bring us to a higher level of understanding. So, mm -hmm. presumably, if we get to a place where we don't experience fear, then we really don't have anything left to learn. Right. Which means by definition, we, we cease to be human. <laughs> right, right. I mean, yeah. you know, it's a great goal to have to say, look, I want to remove fear from my life and work toward that. Let that be your motivation. Um, but realistically, we're probably not going to be able to stay human <laughs> and mm. release fear completely from our being. One of the things that I like to, I suppose, play with a little bit, Amy, with guests is this, you know, when this, this fear um, and love question, this dichotomy, this polarisation, um, and you, you termed it lovely there, uh, black and white, opposite ends of the scale, call it what you will, this polarisation. Mm -hmm. Is it too simplistic to say that it is a simple choice between fear or love or, or well, is that too simplistic to put it in that black and white terminology? Well, I don't think it's too simplistic to say that. Um, I think that it's important to realize that not everything is black and white. We, we have the perspective of this polarization because that's been our lesson for, you know, for humanity for a very long time is to explore the polarities of everything. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I don't think it's it's too simplistic to say the choice is either fear or love because those are your choices. Now there's a lot of gray in between that, but those are, those are the, um, the poles that we use to kind of evaluate our, our experiences and our feelings. So in terms of the, the how to then Amy, with the fear element, you've already alluded to uh, how important self self-awareness um, self-observation is and obviously love but so how do we in a real practical um, way how would how would we pass on advice to somebody that's kind of lives a lot of their life in fear to say okay you know this is the antidote this is the cure you know that how to um, you know wrapped up in love what does that look like okay well what it looks like is this when a person is entrenched in fear they're likely not really living in the moment. So one way that you can bring yourself into experiencing more love is to bring yourself into the moment. Because typically when we're, we're entrenched in fear, we're thinking about what's going to happen next. 
oh my goodness, you know, you're afraid about what's going to be the next outcome. But when you're in the moment and you're really focusing on what you're experiencing in that moment, you can oftentimes pull yourself out of that, that fear, you know, and just to give it a simple example, um, you could focus your attention on a flower or an animal or, or something to that effect to really bring yourself into the moment. And then when you're in that moment, start observing the things that make you feel more connected with love. Um, okay, so anger, Amy, you've already alluded to our anger, uh, how that kind of sits under the umbrella or walks hand in hand with fear. What I mean is, is you know, is it too simplistic yet again to assume, um, and we know we should never assume that the <laughs> antidote is love? Um, you know, tell us about anger. Okay, so yes, to answer your question, or no, it's I'm sorry, I take that back. No, it is not too simplistic. Um, we when we experience anger, it's typically because we've moved to the deeper level of fear. We've moved into a space where we feel, we recognize that a need has not been met, that our fear is not being placated. So we take it to the next level and we we protect ourselves and we get angry. So yes, I mean, the remedy here is the same thing. It's love. Um, so I, I don't think it's too simplistic to say that, you know, love is the, is the answer. Hmm. So one of the key things that's coming through to me here is this awareness all the time, isn't it? What are we actually aware of? What's going off? Um, we might not have all the understanding, all the understandings, and, and really kind of, you know, totally embrace what's what's going off. But we know. I think just to kind of, you know, to be able to catch something, that's that's kind of where we're heading with this, Amy, isn't it? Just to be able yeah, to, exactly. Yeah, awareness. This is yeah. about consciousness, expanding your consciousness and becoming more aware. But again, like it, this isn't, doesn't happen overnight. It happens one step at a time. So each day, if your goal is to become a little more aware of what's going on inside of you and around you, then what happens is at the end of the week, you have you you are experiencing a greater level of consciousness and awareness than you experienced the week before. Hmm disappointment and disempowerment what give that some context for us amy okay so this is where we go next after the anger when we feel defeated when we feel like we're not valid we go to the place of disappointment in ourselves and in others and disempowerment we feel like we have no power over any situation or the situation that we're focusing our attention on so is the upshot then, is the antidote to that, to, you know, to kind of remain detached from the outcome? So to set an intention and, you know, we might even take that a stage further by doing affirmations to, you know, to, to focus on it, to attract it. But as we know, life's got an uncanny habit, hasn't it, of presenting something which might not be quite wrapped or might not even be what we was hoping for, let alone right, right. away. Um, so uh, is, is detachment the answer to that, Amy? Yes, detachment and detachment from judgment. 
that really is the answer to disappointment and disempowerment. And this is not to say that you should never have any expectations because, you know, that's how we create is our expectations create this blueprint, but understanding that it's important to have some flexibility. And sometimes when we have these expectations, we don't necessarily realize that they're not for our highest and best good. Um, it may not be something that really fits into our soul plan. So, so you know, our higher wisdom is always in charge and going to guide us in another direction if it doesn't honor us. Um, but yes, to the extent that you can withhold judgment and expectation about the outcome, um, you release yourself from this experience of disappointment and disempowerment. Mm. And that's really wrapped up in many respects or certainly has a relationship, Amy, does it not, with our beliefs? You know, this whole conditioning, this mm -hmm. this whole this height of expectation, you know, um, I've done this and I've done that. So I, I expect in return X, Y or Z. Why didn't that happen? Why did my car break down when I was driving from A to B? And it's never happened before, shouldn't have happened, uh, but did happen. But do you know what? It always happens to me. It's always me. And, you know, mm -hmm. we kind of have this belief system, either negatively or, or positively, uh, do we not? Yes, that is true. And that also comes from um, our, our beliefs and our thoughts around our own ability to create, you know, and taking responsibility for what we create. Those are, that's tied into all of this as well. Awareness, beliefs, creativity. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Just maybe. Okay. We'll park that for a moment. So moving on then, Amy, to hopelessness. Now, for me personally, um, this this is becoming a real big one. I, If I can just be allowed to share that, you know, previously the word hope for me, um, and, and, and we know it's very subjective, was very kind of flimsy. It was very, it was a bit like the word nice. We know, what does that really mean? You know, let's have some conviction. And this word hope for me, Amy, didn't really have that. It was like, okay, well, let's put our finger in the air and just, you know, hope for the best. But, mm -hmm. you know, as, as we're having this conversation um, in the middle of, you know, a, a global pandemic, um, this for me personally this word hope and its counterpart hopelessness has took on a whole new different meaning what's your thoughts amy around the word hope and hopelessness well hope and hopelessness are tied to faith and that that's a big word too faith but faith that you have in yourself and faith that you have in the grand plan faith that you have in others directly affects your lack of hope or your level of hope. So I think this is something important to keep in mind when you go to that place of feeling hopeless and like you have no power, that's t a time to go inward and really look at how much faith you have in yourself, how much faith you have in the grand plan and why we're here. What are we doing here? Mm. Yeah. I suppose when the chips are down, though, Amy, that can be a, you know, it's a bit like, I use this metaphor, an ant looking up at a mountain, isn't it? And I've certainly been there for decades of my life where, you know, people 
Uh, and myself, when I came through my, you know, my drinking bouts, um, I would be in a more positive stroke, tenacious stroke, inner strength um, mindset. And I would make I would make things happen, but I couldn't sustain it because there was a lot of underlying issues and, and they're not obviously the remit for this, this particular conversation. But this whole kind of, when people used to lift me and I used to lift myself when I was in a more positive off the drink abstinence phase of my life, it was like, yeah, okay. But when I wasn't Amy and people are trying to be positive and inspire me, it's like, just go away, leave me alone. You don't understand. You don't know what you're talking about. Yet I'd flip to the other side of that when I was off the drink and be an advocate of the the more positive um, hope focus. So it can be very difficult for us when we're kind of at the bottom looking up, can't it? Absolutely. And that's why it's important to understand these seven different layers that play into the, the issues that we experience. Uh, because that when you're in that space where you can't connect with hope, then you go back to the basics and you look at fear, you look at anger, you look at disappointment, and then you, you bring yourself on a journey that pulls you up to a plateau where you actually can connect with hope and faith in yourself, faith in mm. humanity. Inner strength. Mention that word, inner strength. What part does that play, Amy? Well, inner strength, when we start exploring what our innate abilities, talents, and strengths are, um, we start to see the solutions to any problem that we experience. As we connect with that inner strength, those are our answers. So that's where we, that tells us what we've learned and how then we can get to ultimately applying those inner strengths. So is that a case of having a personal trait of being determined, some would say even bloody minded, resolute, um, committed? Do all those things come into inner strength? Yes, absolutely. Now, there's a balance that needs to take place in order for you to connect with the light side of inner strength. There is that that um, fueling those strengths with love versus anger or fear um, is very important in that case. Hmm. Okay. Penultimate one of the seven, Amy, and I, and I know what's coming. I absolutely love this word. Number six. Creativity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Our favorite friend. Oh, yes. Our best friend, in fact. Absolutely. Well, I mean, we are creative beings, so naturally we're going to feel drawn to this word and concept. Yeah. So, you know, tell, tell us about that. I mean, that's is that going to mean different things to each and every one of us? Absolutely. Yeah, this means something different to each and every one of us because we are unique in this respect. We all have this underlying drive to be creative. It's just part of being a human being. I mean, we are we are programmed. We're built to create. We're built to procreate. We're built to create um, with our words, our thoughts and our actions. So, yeah, this is something that this is this is nature that we can't defy creativity. And the more creative we are, the more we're exercising the creativity that we are able to, um, the better we feel, typically. 
And, you know, one of the best examples that I personally like to share about this, Amy, is, you know, the kind of, you know, the going back to the caveman days where, you know, the, the tribe would sit around a campfire and just tell stories. Um, mm. and, and that's creativity uh, in person, isn't it? It's, I think it's just great because, you know, the words, the stories... Does it really matter if it's true or not? No, because we're, we're entertaining and we're just, I don't know, we're going on this voyage of intrigue and discovery. And that kind of, that lifts us inside, doesn't it? It does. And it's also how we open ourselves to higher levels of learning. When you think about some of these stories that have been passed down from generation to generation, like you say, does it even matter that they're not true? It doesn't because it sparks our our. Um, exploration our creative our creative exploration so yeah i mean this is really how we learn the most is through creativity uh, i've just kind of smiling there amy i'm just thinking about as i'm starting to put together the next book and and i've, I've got this consistent creative thought about starting it almost like a child's nursery rhyme book um because there'll be global co-authors in there and it'll go something the, the opening words will be something along once upon a time in a far off <laughs> land lived a bunch of creators now listen to their <laughs> stories. I don't know. It just appealed to me. <laughs> That's perfect. I love it. <laughs> anyway, so moving on to the final one then, Amy, of the seven layers uh, of beliefs and mindset that influence our lives. Activation. Yes, activation, application. This is putting everything that you've learned into practice. And I think that um, this is really a testament to our creativity and our mastery once we, we explore and then identify we have the ability to apply. So this is really the la this is like the grand finale when we apply our knowledge and what we've learned, our wisdom and creativity to what we've learned through exploring all of the other six layers so am I being too graphic and too down to earth, Amy, to say this is where we get our hands dirty and actually do put into practice what we've learned is, you know, yet again, is that too simplistic to put it in those earthy terms? No, I think that's perfect. It's a perfect description of what this is. This is where we, we get in the dirt. This is where we do it. Yeah, yeah. I want to... Um, I want to sort of fly off at a, at a tangent a little bit, Amy, and I don't think it's massively flying off at too much of a tangent. I've had the, the privilege, and I'll call it a privilege, of working with you on your sacred program. Tell us about that. Okay. The sacred program helps. Um, if, I, if I could define it in one sentence, I would say it helps you connect with a higher level of awareness. It brings things to your attention, gives you practices that help you get to that higher level of awareness and consciousness. Mm. One of the questions I get asked quite a lot, Amy, and, and I, you know, I know there are different answers on this. What's the difference between awareness and consciousness? I would say that they are the same thing, mm. awareness and consciousness. Now, consciousness has... Uh, consciousness itself is like a container so it's your awareness as it expands your container expands your your base of knowledge and wisdom expands 
but they can be used interchangeably. Yeah. Earlier on in the conversation, I ask you to hold that thought around, because I think awareness has been, it's probably been one of the most used words in the last sort of, um, well, whatever the duration of our conversations been, Amen. Awareness, absolutely. Beliefs has kind of come in there as well, particularly when we spoke around this disappointment, this expectation, you know, this is what we expect and it's not happened for whatever reason, so we're, we're disappointed, which then obviously disempowers us, and that feeling of hopelessness, and then the creativity. I just want to reinforce, really, the very first podcast, and I think this is a massive coincidence in a world of no coincidences. How I love <laughs> to use that word, coincidence. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I really do. Um, so maybe it's, a, you know, this is a bit creative, humorously creative, Amy. Maybe it's a coincidence that, you know, that we're having this, this, this conversation, this dance, as I call it, this exchange of energy, of views, of insights, call it what you will. And always seem to come back to the, the ABC of mastering the game of life. Um, and please be objectively, um, I won't say critical, because I know that's not in your nature, Amy. But um, no. when, when I say that mastering the game of life is as simple as ABC, and the A is the awareness, the B is the beliefs, and the C is the creativity. So to pose a question that I've been very consistent throughout this dance, Amy, is am I being too simplistic yet again? No, I don't think you're being too simplistic. I think it's helpful to break it down in this way. So, and I think that that's perfect. ABC and how you've, you've defined that. I think it's, it's perfect. It's a journey that really is, it does bring you to a place of mastering the game of life. Mm. Because a lot of our fear, isn't it? It's about the uncertainty. It's the unknown because we like to control things. We like to be in control, don't we? Um, yes. you know, take a newborn baby when he or she learns that by crying or, or, or performing a certain way will elicit a certain reaction from, you know, a carer, a parent. The baby then plays it. It's like, oh, okay. Wow, I found something good here. Maybe if I cry, I'll get my own way. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And you know, sometimes obviously that isn't the case. But this this behaviour, this path that we go on as as human beings from a very early age, we kind of test the boundaries, don't we? But for me, Amy, it's all about getting that control. We want control, and. You know, the more we can let go of that control and live in the world of uncertainty or what we might perceive as human beings is uncertain. And we know it's not uncertain. It, it just is. It's only our slant on it that it's uncertain. But the more we can be comfortable with that, there's, there's big pots of success waiting there, isn't there? Yes, absolutely. Flexibility is um, is very, very important. And yeah, it's hard to have flexibility when you're always trying to take control. But I ask you to think about this. Being in control or taking control, having the need to take control from a fear perspective or a lack perspective is very different than taking control from a, an abundance perspective. Yeah. Taking control from an abundance perspective is more about still trusting in the grand plan and being flexible, but being very secure 
in your place where you are. Yeah, it ultimately starts with yourself first, doesn't it? And then when you've got that faith in yourself, you can be a bit more daring, a bit more adventurous and say, hmm, maybe I can look outside. Or is it a chicken and egg? Actually, is it having the faith to source whatever that's perceived to be um, for you? And then that gives you the confidence within. I mean, which way does that work, Amy? Or is it, is it a balance of the two? Are the two actually one? I mean, we're kind of going into the duality uh, conversation yeah. here. Um, right, right. The poles. Yeah, they play off of each other. They yeah. feed each other. And as one gets stronger, so does the other one. Mm. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. So I want to, as I do with guests, Amy, I want to finish off with a big question, um, one final big question, but uh, yet again, just hold that thought for a moment. Um, how can people find out about you, Amy, particularly your sacred program? Um, you know, how can people reach out and get in touch with you? What's your contact details? Well, the first piece of contact information is uh, my website, and that's www ihsunity.com that's the first place where people can reach me and the the next place is on facebook i host a facebook group called evolve through love it's a public group everyone is welcome so you can also find me there superb so the big question the big question drum roll <laughs> all you right was, if you was to leave or give one piece of advice Amy to um, you can call it even as big as a legacy piece of advice or just it might just be a small insight you know there's no judgment on what it is but what's the one you know just the one piece of advice you'd leave to the world that would help them towards mastering the game of life what would that be okay today now this answer might change tomorrow because um, we're always in motion. But today, my one piece of advice is to stay in the moment, stay centered in the moment, stay connected with love, stay connected with gratitude in each moment as it unfolds. What I love about that, and I've said this so many times with guests, that the powerful answers, the really powerful answers, they're wrapped up in a matter of seconds. And you just did that again, Amy. It was just bang, there it is. Amy, as ever, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for your shares and your insights and certainly your wisdom. And um, it's been immeasurable. And, you know, um, I personally offer my sincere gratitude for that. So thank you so much. Well, I appreciate you and I appreciate your invitation to join you on your podcast again. It's always a pleasure for me as well. So thank you very much. So there we have it, listeners. And all that remains now is for, for me to sign off and to close by saying, remember, mastering the game of life starts by embracing our hearts. Thanks very much for listening to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. If you found it interesting and helpful, drop a line to Paul via paul at paul-low.com with any thoughts or questions you may have, he'd love to hear from you and he'd be more than happy to respond. Alternatively, check out Paul's website at www.paul-low.com. Remember, mastering the game of life starts by embracing our hearts. 